0: Hey guys, what's up? Hope here, and welcome back to a new episode of Hurricane Hope. I am Hope, and thank you guys so much for listening. I've been really, really excited over the last few weeks with the artist chat episodes that I've done so far. So far, we've had Maggie Schneider from Glimmers, uh, Soph, Louis Malpelli from Neverlands, and most recently, Kelly Barber from Wave Break. And the response to these episodes just has been so awesome. I think, you know, people are. Hopefully, but based on the response I've gotten are enjoying these episodes and that makes me so stoked because it's been super cool getting the chance to chat with people that I normally wouldn't in, you know, I wouldn't be able to in person at least right now during the COVID pandemic. So You know, having the the opportunity to just chat with different people through Zoom has been super cool and super insightful. And I I love getting to chat, uh, you know, like in-depth conversations. That's just one of my favorite things to do. I have a ton of episodes and guests coming up. I'm just working out the scheduling with all of uh, those guests. And I think you're going to love the people that are coming up. Just A, some of my favorite people. B, people I've never really like spoken to in-depth before, which I'm really stoked about and some really good friends of mine, some really incredible artists, and just episodes that I think you guys are going to be excited about. But while I'm working out the scheduling for those, I'm going to do an episode by myself today, so hopefully you guys find it interesting. But as always, I did a poll on my socials on Twitter and Instagram story to see what, uh, just pulling it up, what you guys would want me to talk about. And I'm just refreshing to make sure that that one's still the Yep. So we have a 50-50 split. Uh not 50-50, but like a, you know, an even split between two of the four topics that I, I suggested. And the split is between talking about the Versus EP, which for those who don't know is my old band Vista's first record, and what my day-to-day life is as a dance teacher. Since there's an even split, I'm going to do both, but today. I'm going to talk about what my life is like being a dance teacher and a choreographer because it's a facet of my life that I really don't talk about often. It has nothing to do with music and my socials have for the last, you know, God knows how long, every every year that I've had a social has revolved around music in some facet. So I've never really had like the space to talk about my life as a dance instructor or choreographer and choreographer. And I don't know, I think it's, it's, uh, it'll be cool to just let you guys know what that's like. And you know, my, I have two jobs. I have my business 25, 8 PR, which I do during the day from my home office. And at night I go teach, um, I teach dance to multiple companies. I, I I've worked with i've been at my current studio for four years now and i teach from the youngest i've taught company wise because i only do companies i don't do recreational classes um, i'm solely a competition teacher i teach technique and i do choreography for certain groups so i'm trying to think of the easiest way to break this down but so age range wise the youngest i've taught for company is eight years old or no seven years old and then the oldest is obviously now they're seniors in high school so seniors a group that I have taught since day one of me being at the studio they're finally in their senior year makes my heart shatter those are the girls that were in the dirty laundry music video for vista called the jamettes in terms of styles I teach a wide range I don't do hip-hop because I can't I can't do hip-hop but my primary genre is jazz I grew up in a jazz company when I was in school, like before college and stuff. So jazz is really my specialty and I come from a very technically strong studio. I grew up at a studio called Center Stage Dance and Theater School in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Very competition-centric, technical school, big, big, big like technique school. So I grew up doing technique like three times a week. I was doing ballet three days a week and I was doing jazz technique for, like, five hours a week, plus choreography, plus contemporary choreography, plus a hip-hop class. It was, like, it was a big curriculum. My specialties are in jazz, primarily, and then contemporary. I also do lyrical and ballet. Um, I can teach point. I personally can't really be on point anymore because I've had too many ankle injuries to my left foot, which makes me broken because I love being on point. For choreography, I do certain groups and I also do duos. Uh, I could do trios, but I haven't had any the last few years and solos. So it really depends on who is assigned what. I assign for one of my companies, but other teams, you know, if they want, say they want me to choreograph their solo, they just have to ask the owner. And, you know, based on like of my availability and you know, what they want to do, then I'll do other groups, um, solos, or I also run private lessons for uh, choreography for solos. And yeah, so that's like the rundown of it. So my day-to-day life as an instructor, right now this year, my schedule is much less than what I've been doing the last few years. Like for example, last year on Mondays, I was teaching from 2.45 to eight, sometimes nine o'clock if I had privates. And that's a long time to teach dance. Like you'll see typically teachers doing like four hours max because it's exhausting. You're on your feet the entire time. You're moving around, you're uh, doing choreography, you're just constantly exercising the entire time. So, I was teaching a ton last year, like, every day, Monday through Thursday. I don't teach Fridays because I was, you know, obviously doing shows with Vista at that time, so I needed to not teach on Fridays, so I was stacked Monday through Thursdays. So, this year, because of COVID, there's a lot less classes going on. Because we have to follow certain protocols. So, with all the updated protocols, I'm only teaching three days this week. And all of it is choreography. No, not all of it's choreography. I have two, one day of technique and then the rest is choreography and technique. My schedule has changed a lot. It's okay. I mean, like, I'm not upset about it. But it's hard income-wise when... You know, COVID has like thrown a wrench in everything. So my schedule is a little different this year, but I still have my core groups that I've had since day one, plus some new groups this year that I haven't taught full time before. So, uh, so my day-to-day life as an instructor. So I will um, usually I, I work from home every day on 258 PR. Um, and this year I actually don't start any of my classes until six o'clock. Every day I'm in at six, which is weird. Normally it'll be different times every day. Like last year, Monday, I was in at 2.45. One day I was in at 5.30. One day I was in at f- six. Like every day can change. The schedule changes every year based on the kids availability, the studio space availability, and um, you know, there are other factors that go into it, but it, it, their curriculum too. So I don't choose the times that I go in. They're assigned to me. I get my class schedule like a week or two before um, classes start. So I basically just like give them my availability for the year which is the same every year I don't like to teach Fridays um, because I like to leave it open for privates so I'll do classes usually Monday through Thursday so I'll go in and the first thing that I always do is a stretch no matter what class it is because I usually have classes for more than like for at least two hours my shortest classes this year are an hour 45 minutes so essentially the same but I like to do at least like a 20 minute stretch for Longer classes, I'll do even more like half hour stretch sometimes because for me, I think stretching is really the root of technique. It's not about having natural flexibility. It's about expanding your flexibility. For me, I like to spend a lot of time stretching to really elongate their muscles and get them into a nice deep stretch. So A, they don't hurt themselves. That's like my biggest fear is not stretching enough and they hurt themselves. And also technique comes a lot from stretching. You have to hold your feet the right way. You have to get into the habit of pointing your feet all the time. Or flexing, if that's the instruction. And you just want to make sure that their muscles are nice and warmed up to do the intense cardio of the class. So stretching comes first. I'll always do conditioning. Um, Since I only teach competition teams, I need to make sure they're in dance shape, especially now with COVID. They weren't dancing for, like, six months. We did Zoom classes until this season ended, but they weren't dancing at all for, like, almost four months. And then not doing, like, the proper cardio that we would normally do in a class for from like march 12th until now so a lot of them are out of shape and we have to get them back into dance shape so i'll do a lot of cardio crunches push-ups planks squats lunges jumping jacks jumping rope like there's a ton of cardio that i'll do to get them sometimes i'll have them run laps around the room you know just get their hearts pumping warm them up build up those muscles and you know with dance it's primarily using your leg muscles so we don't really need to put like a crazy amount of effort into conditioning the legs but i do need to make sure that they have the strength and the stamina so the point of conditioning is to really build up their stamina So that's what I'll do next. Once the conditioning is done, they'll get a drink and now it's different with the protocols because now they have to go and get their water bottles like one at a time they have to sit on the floor and drink their water bottles six feet apart we have to take mask breaks we don't have to but i try to give them at least one or two mask breaks a class where they just sit really far apart from each other they'll pull off their mask for you know a minute or so and then we'll get back to work so protocols are really changing the scheduling a little bit but it's not crazy different it's just we have to take into account the covid you know guidelines so once that's done then we'll go across the floor and my across the floor is super long like I do a lot of leaps and a lot of jumps and I do like 10 turn exercises so for those that aren't familiar with dance basically across the floor is where you really hone in on your jumps your leaps your turns, your kicks. This is where the core of technique comes from, in my opinion. I like to combine different leaps together, combine leaps and turns, you know, I'll do individual leaps first and then start combining stuff so I can really see the connections, so I can see, you know, different arms. It's a whole process of trying out different things and also catering each class to a their skill level plus a little challenge of course and what they need to work on you know if I know hey we need to work on this type of leap because it didn't look great in your you know your jazz dance then I'm going to spend time breaking down certain jumps and leaps so we can you know we can help them get better at that particular step I have a set order that I do things in for across the floor. So, classes that have had me for years now, they know the order. They know what exercises to start with. The first 10 exercises are usually the same, and then we'll start switching stuff up every week, but they know how to start the across the floor. Those core exercises and doing repetition, that's really what makes them better and makes them stronger. I know it seems boring to some people. You know, some people don't like doing the same stuff every week, but that's how you get better. You have to throw in some wrenches, but you also have to keep your core curriculum. And I know at this point what groups need what. I know what they're good at. I know what they need work on. I know what level all of my kids are at. I know every kid's individual strength and weaknesses. So I make it very, very personal. With COVID, it's different now because I can't really go like close to them and give them corrections. I'm really adjusting my way of teaching right now, which is it's it's honestly really annoying. But but I totally understand, you know, I've been a a big advocate for wearing masks and being a big advocate for, you know, COVID is real so i don't want to break protocol but one thing that i've been struggling with so far this year is you know wearing a mask while i'm teaching while music is playing and trying to instruct with a mask on over the music because if they can't see my lips and they hear music they often don't even know that i'm speaking simultaneously so i have to scream like at the top of my lungs or lower the music or just stop the music while i'm teaching you know, it's it's a whole learning process trying to navigate through all of those little changes. It's definitely difficult. It, it doesn't totally impact the way that I teach, but, you know, it affects the overall, I guess, flow of the class. So across the floor usually lasts like anywhere between 40 minutes and, and an hour, depending on how fast they're picking up the exercises that I throw at them, how much I need to correct, things like that. When it comes to me as as an instructor, I'm very, very tough. The kids know this. I'm very tough. I'm a big stickler for technique. I want to correct everything that I see that's not being done correctly because that's how they get better. You know, I don't let little things fly. But I also am an instructor that I want the kids to be able to confide in. And since I'm younger, you know, a lot of them see me as someone that they can chat with, which I like. But also, too, you know, I want to be able... I want kids to know always that if there's a problem, they can come and talk to me about it. They, if, if they're having an issue anywhere, you know, in life, even outside of dance, then, I, then I'm someone that they can come to and talk to. That's a philosophy that I've implemented from day one, even though I'm a very strict teacher. I have kicked kids out of class many times. I've sat kids down many, many, many times. But... I still want the kids to know that I am in their corner. And I'm pretty sure that all of my kids, you know, certain groups that I've had for longer definitely know this and and talk to me pretty regularly, but I always just don't want people to be afraid of me. I've had kids that are definitely afraid of me, which is so funny to me because I'm like the least scary person ever. But my dance teacher personality is a lot different than, you know, my personality at home. I mean, I'm the same person, but like You know, I have to be stern and I have to be tough and I have to be engaging and I have to be encouraging at the same time. So combining all of those traits into one dance teacher persona, it's just like, it's definitely different than when I'm not at dance worrying about A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, if that makes sense. So once across the floor is done, I'll usually do some center exercises, um, which is where we essentially take what we did across the floor and apply it to the center of the room where we do more stationary exercises. We're not shifting across the floor. We're doing, you know, this is mostly turns, bigger turning combinations. I put a lot of emphasis into jumps because A, it builds their leg muscle, but B, you definitely, I think, see more jumps now in competition dances than in, uh, than you do turns. There are certain turns that technique-wise, you know, choreographers will put into dances just to up their technique score. But I feel like nowadays with dance, compared to when I was doing comp, which was too fucking long ago now at this point, but there's just a lot of difficulty being thrown into dances when kids aren't ready to do those, those difficult steps yet. So I'm really strong on foundational work and building up the calf muscles, loosening up the hamstring muscles, working on alignment, core, you know, I really like the foundation of it. And it's just, like I said, it's where I grew up and it's what I grew up doing, but I think that's the basis of dance. So with Dance Moms and all those like kinds of like dance TV shows, especially Dance Moms because there were kids in that show and, you know, dancers around the world look up to, you know, Maddie Ziegler, Chloe Lukasiak, all these dancers, you know, you would see a lot of acro in their dances. And one thing that always really bothered me about Dance Moms is she would say, Abby Lee Miller would be like, oh, you know, Mackenzie is doing an acrobatic gymnastics routine. That is not dance. Acro is a part of dance, but gymnastics is not dance. It's something totally different and stuff like that really changed the dance world because it became more and more common to see acrobatic uh, acrobatic tricks being thrown into dance routines especially lyrical routines which in my opinion should be very ballet based light flowy airy beautiful and so that's really changed the game in terms of dance training and curriculum more often than not now especially with older companies you'll see them having you know a 30 minute acro class a week just to work on tricks i'm also a judge for dance competitions i most recently uh before covid like i was supposed to be going out to miami to judge for next star which is the competition i've been judging for the last two years all you see on stage now is people doing round off back handsprings front walkovers back walkovers you know just all these different flips aerials you know side aerials It's crazy the amount of acro you see implemented into these routines. For me personally, I don't like tricks. I don't judge tricks. So when I see a trick during a dance, I honestly ignore it, and it's just a stylistic choice for me. But I want to see them dance. I want to see their technique. I want to see stylistically what are you going to bring to the table. And so when I teach and I choreograph, I do not do tricks in my dances. I had one solo last year where a girl did a back over, but it fit into that style and I needed a transitional step so she could do it it transitioned her to her next step and that was it all the other dances there were zero acrobatic tricks I just don't I want to see I'm, I'm very old school and it's weird to say now that I'm old school because I'm 27 years old I'm still very young the dance industry has changed so much based on reality television like dance based reality television over the last 15 or so years dance moms came out in 2011 Then you had Abby's Ultimate Dance Competition, Abby's Studio Rescue, uh, World of Dance, uh, Dancing with the Stars Junior, so you think you can dance uh, junior kids or whatever it was called. You are seeing the dance world change and the standard of choreography change. Every choreographer is each their own, but this is a perfect segue into who I am as a choreographer and this is something I really love to talk about because every choreographer has strengths and stylistic Preferences. So for me, a stylistic preference is to not use tricks or acro. I want to see dance. But my style is very dark and very eerie. And I like to make a statement. I am not into dances that have no story. I'm not into dances that I've seen before. I like to make sure that every dance tells a different story and the story is so bold and clear that everybody in the audience knows what the kids are trying to portray. Through their dancing. For example, last year um, I had, how many dances did I do last year? 14, I think. One of my um, jazz dances, I did it to a Thriller remix, which is odd for me because I like to pick songs that I think have never been heard at competitions before. I like to keep it unique with music. And it's awesome because I have some friends that make some really fucking awesome music. And, you know, not many people have heard of those artists before. So I'll use friends music all the time. But with my style, I like to do songs that help tell the story. I did a dance last year called Deep End that I'm reusing this year because we only got to use it once at competition before the COVID shutdown. So we really didn't get to use it. I'm redoing it this year. And it was, um, I covered them in dirt. And I put them in a black two-piece costume that made it look like they had been out digging in dirt. And the dance was about them burying somebody. So I literally went outside at competition. (laughs) I went outside the school and I Filled a container with dirt, or no? The girls did it. The, I, I had the girls go fill a container with dirt. They came back, and I smeared it all over their legs, so it looks like they had just crawled out of a grave or something. It was about burying someone, and it it seems very dark. But those dark stories are what grabs the judges' attention. Yes, I do light dances. I had another dance called Astronomical that was about astronomically loving somebody, and that was ah, uh, that dance was. I wish I wish I had been able to do it more. or more than just at one competition but you know for me the darker stuff just falls more in line with my personality and my interests but I also want my choreography and my stories to stand out I want you know there's at competition they do the regular awards and they have special awards where they the judges decide on certain categories for dances that they thought stood out I always want to be a recipient of a special award because for me that means that my dance stood out to you. Whether or not it was the cleanest on stage or it won a platinum, which is mostly, usually at competitions, the highest award you can get, I want it to be recognizable and I want people to know, hey, that's Hope's choreography. You know, that's something that's like really important to me. So when it comes to choreography, I normally start choreography pretty early in the year because I do a lot of dances. So I like to start maybe not week one I did start choreography week one for a company this this past week but I usually like to wait a week or so maybe two weeks so I can get their technique on a roll we can get them all stretched out you know build up their stamina a little bit but um I cut my own music and I choose all the costumes and I keep a log of my progress on everything so I can stay organized and know where I'm at doing technique in the same class time as choreography sometimes it's hard because I have a million things I want to do at once, right? I have so many dances I have to choreograph and also do technique and make sure that they're in shape and they're, you know, they're they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and that they're, that they're progressing too. Choreography for me, like, I'll jump around from dance to dance because I get ideas just all over the place. When I'm at the studio, I'm so inspired. So I like to really make sure that I'm putting enough time into technique, and also having enough time to do choreography. Oftentimes, I'll have to do extra rehearsals once it gets closer to competition because, you know, I just won't have enough time to finish and clean everything. This year, we don't know what's going to happen. We're preparing as if we're going to competition in the in the spring, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen in a few weeks, or few weeks, few months, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So, we are treating it as we are going to competition I really hope we are able to go to competition if it is safe. That is something that I'm firm on. I will not go to competition if I don't think it's safe, but I need to make sure the kids are prepared. So yeah, we're doing choreography this year. My biggest focus this past week, which was our first week, was, you know, technique and working on getting back the technique that they kind of lost from being out of dance for six months. We lost six months of progress. So yeah, so that's really how my classes work. I don't usually do combos, which would be like, you know, combos are like just some choreography put together, a couple counts of eight, you know, different combos every week to just work on picking up choreography and style changes. And, you know, I'm not really big on combos. I'm a technique guru. So that's where I put my emphasis the most and then switching to choreography. If it's only a technique class, which I do have some of this year for competition teams, then I will incorporate dance combos once i know that their stamina is is a little bit back to where it was but we have to take each class week by week and cater to what they need all of my classes are completely different Across-the-floor exercises, different. Stretches, different. You know, everything is catered towards their level, their age, and the style that they are working on. I think that growing up, I really never thought I was going to be a choreographer. But I knew I was not good enough to be a professional dancer. Because to be a professional dancer, you have to be fucking incredible. Like, you have to stand out amongst thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I knew that I wasn't strong enough to do that, but I knew that I had a lot of ideas, and I knew that I paid attention to technique, and I love to clean dances. That's one of my favorite things to do, is to clean dances. Kids hate me when I clean dances. Cleaning is when you take, like, a dance um, count by count, step by step, and you fix every small error or mishap, Or things that kids are doing differently. And it's super tedious. It takes me months to clean dances, but I think it's fun because it's amazing to see the before and the after, before cleaning and after cleaning. It's just like, it's so satisfying and rewarding too. But I am always making sure that I'm there for my kids. You know, I have really close relationships with a lot of them. And I know that a lot of them do look to me as a figure of, you know, motivation. And that's important to me because. You know, life, I I haven't obviously had a life that's so straight down the line, meaning I've experienced some things in life that are really fucked up, if we're being honest, but I want to take those experiences and make sure that I use them in a way that allows me to be a source of inspiration for the kids that I teach. That is just so, so important to me because that's what my teachers were to me. There are teachers that I have had or uh, that I had but from the time I was, you know, like 7 years old, I still keep in touch with them to this day. I still ask questions because they were those people to me. They were my safe haven and their classes were where I was the most safe and comfortable and you know, safe from the storm outside the studio doors. So, if I can be that for the kids that I teach, then 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 that's bigger than accomplishing a first place overall win you know what I mean although those are really fun so yeah that's that's my life as a teacher and you know when you're a dance teacher too you're like always thinking about dance always thinking about new ideas costumes choreography sometimes I'll come up with an idea while I'm driving and I have to try to remember it until I get home and can record it or to the dance studio and execute it it is a non-stop thought process and dance has been on my mind 24 7 since I was like oh god five six years old now at this point over 20 years so it is a lifestyle for me and it is something that I take very seriously because I look at how important it was to me when I was a kid and I don't know what what these kids are feeling and I don't know what's going on in their lives most of the time and I want my space even though tough and stern and very strict I'm very rule oriented I want them to come in and know that they're safe to express themselves through their movements just like i did you know when i was a kid and just like my instructors allowed me to do when i was a kid so life as a dance instructor choreographer and judge which i was so bummed that i didn't get to do this year i was so excited to go to my first competition in miami um for this season but and that was the week that covid shut down everything so it was cancelled very last minute. I didn't get to judge it all this year. But I think that dance is something that can not only keep you in good health physically, but it's just such a mental release too. So that's why I take choreography so seriously and why I like to have structure for my classes, because kids need structure. And the fact that they can know what to do as soon as they come into the classroom, they know, put my stuff down in the cubbies, go to a six foot apart dot on the floor. Normally we wouldn't do the dots, but obviously with COVID we have dots that are six feet apart on the floor. Go sit down, take your shoes off, pull your hair back, get ready to stretch. And they know that before I even walk into the class and they're sitting ready to go. That's like something that I think kids really need is structure. And the fact that I can provide that for them in some capacity is really rewarding. And you, when you see them succeed at a leap that they've been trying to do for weeks the excitement in their eyes, you get just as excited, you know? You know, that's really my life as a, as a dance instructor and a choreographer. It's every day, it's non-stop. Even on the days that I'm not teaching, I'm thinking about those kids and what I can do to help them grow as dancers and choreographing, you know, what I can do in terms of choreography to, to help them grow. And it's a really just rewarding, fun, enjoyable, very stressful at times, but very rewarding um, job to have. And I hope that I'll be doing it for, you know, for God knows how long because I can't see my life without dance. And it's funny too because a lot of people don't know that I'm a dance instructor or a choreographer and that I'm very heavy handed in that career because, like I said at the very beginning of this, my socials revolve around music or did revolve around music. And lately I've been pulling back from socials a bit. I haven't really posted on Instagram in like three weeks. Twitter, I've been really trying to keep it minimal. And live more off screen, especially now that I'm back at work for the first time since March. It's just, like, I'm losing my train of thought. But, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, so my, my dance life. So, yeah, my dance life is really not, like, you know, talked about. But now I I really I want people to know, like, hey, this is what I do. And this is what I love to do. And I love talking about it. And it's been a big part of my life since I was a kid. And I get to carry that over into my adulthood. I'm really excited about choreographing this year and I hope the dances see the light of day. If not, I'm just going to reuse them again. But this is going to be hopefully a safe year for the kids and for all of us. And yeah, that is my life as a dance instructor. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this was somewhat entertaining, uh, more insightful, maybe you learn something about me. I don't know. But I loved talking about it because dance is, is a huge part of my life. So there will be a guest this week. I'm not going to say who yet because I still have to schedule a time. But we're going to have some really cool guests over the next few weeks. And thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye, guys.